that loves the Lord say felt it in my spirit just to come and sit in the congregation let the Lord help me oh I'm glad I did I'm going to say two things to read my text and preach the first thing I'm going to say don't turn there right now but before you go to bed tonight or you can turn there I don't care just Going into this second week, the promise for those that go the second mile. And I'm going to give you this verse. I just want to give it to you. You can dwell on it later. But Hosea chapter 6, I think it's verse 2. It may be verse 3. Well, I see you're going there anyway. (laughs) Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. And there's some things you'll never know until you go on. I'm grateful for a church that's willing to go on. And he shall come to us as the early and the latter rain. I double dog dare you to get in the middle of that. That means he's fixing to send a gully washer. The early rain was to begin the crop, get the seed bedded. But that latter day rain was to finish the harvest. Mm. All right. So that's the promise for going on a second week. Second thing I want to mention, the Lord told me, I said, no, he's. This is my fifth service here, and I hadn't mentioned it, but this year we are raising the money for our overseas trips. The Lord's got me preaching, as many of you know, and many of you have give. I think about 50, 100s came from Mountain View several months ago. And it was remarkable that 100s kept coming in the mail from Mountain View. That, uh, that means somebody is really serious about God. You give in the moment, but then you give two months later. And uh, we were somewhere around 200 or so. The Lord told me that he's going to give me 500 100s this year. That's $50,000. That'll pay for about six overseas trips. Most recently, I went to Central America and got some trips coming up, Albania, Thailand, Uganda. I want some of you young preachers going with me too in the future. And uh, so right now we're at 410. The Lord's given us 410 100s since the middle of January. And I only lack 90 of reaching 500. And so the Lord made me mention that tonight. The pastor told me to talk about it, my missions, the other day. And I haven't, but now I have. <clears throat> Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Matthew chapter 17. The Lord helped us in that prayer meeting last night. You know, he wanted us to stop and ask him for some things just so he could do it. Hallelujah. Sister Griffith, I know you're glad to have some youngins back in town. Where they at? Hawaii people. Yeah, we're very jealous. We hate all, we hate both of you. Yes, we do. We don't even like you no more. I don't want to talk to you. Go to Hawaii like that and not take us. We're not happy for you at all. I hope it rained every day. (laughs) 
I know the preacher's been talking about y'all coming back and we're thankful that you made it back safely. I'd love for the Lord to let the pastor get back in here Wednesday night. And I know what I'm praying about, but y'all leave me alone. I'm in Matthew 17. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for letting me sit on the front row and drink in these big gulps of cold water. <laughs> Lord, help us now in the preaching hour. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, Milton Taylor and myself are going to be on the WTBI doing a live interview in the morning from 8.30 to 10, talking about revival. He's in, Brother Milton Taylor's in the second week of a meeting somewhere. And uh, they want us to come and going to do that radio interview. I asked him, did they have coffee and donuts? <laughs> Don't be talking about me no revival, about no revival without no coffee and donuts. <laughs> Matthew 17. The Lord help us. This is where Jesus showed his glory. This is where God revealed his glory to his disciples. The Mount of Transfiguration. And if the Lord help me, I'll preach a little while tonight on why Christ showed his glory to his disciples. And maybe it might be pertinent and relevant to us on why Christ would show us his glory. Because he's sure been doing that around here. Why Christ showed his glory to his disciples. Let's read. In Matthew, and I'll back up to chapter 16 and verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Mm. Mm. Need to stop and comment that there never was a verse where they had to get right with each other. Jesus called his best one Satan. Simon didn't quit and Jesus didn't have to go apologize. Don't make me chase that rabbit. It's a pretty strong church here in comparison to many others. and I'm not sure if you even need this, but I will lay it out there. That the Lord called Simon Satan and couldn't get rid of him. And he called Judas friend and couldn't keep him. Don't sure if y'all need that or not, but I've said it. Now some of them you can pet and give them the best position and call them, call them sweet name. And you ain't going to keep them. Because they want the bribe from hell. They're going to take it first chance they get. But you notice you can't get rid of them ones <laughs> that love him. I'm in verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his... I ain't scared of that glory 
I know some boys scared of it. The glory of his father with his angels. <clears throat> and the, hey, these preachers, on these young men on the front, absolutely getting slammed full of Jesus. I hope, and I don't feel this. I don't sense it anywhere. But I'm, you may not need this. It's the second thing you may not need that I'm fixing to say. <clears throat> and don't you dare go home with a critical spirit. About them young guys up front going wild. You know, maybe you need to spend about five minutes in hell and then about five minutes in heaven and about five minutes at the foot of the cross. That's 15 minutes to change your little church attitude. Let's just spend about five minutes in hell and you'd, you'd get down here with these boys and you'd embarrass them. that God is going to lay his hands on some of these boys to, listen, to spearhead revival when we ain't around. And if they don't get slammed full right now, their tank will run empty before the race is done. Let these boys get slammed full. I'm not, I've not sensed any resistance on that, except for right now while I'm mentioning it. And maybe one or two of you went to the house and well, they're going to get a little carried away. Listen, I'm fixing to carried away. I'm fixing to get carried slam out of this world. I think everybody's going to eventually get carried up all the, sometime before they get carried away. Y'all leave me, you better leave me alone. Verse 27. I'm in the middle of verse 27. And then, I mean the pastor sent me a text that preach! Exclamation points. Pastor sent me a text about an hour ago. Told me how to preach. I'm under orders. We're good, we're good. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not <clears throat> taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And I think they saw the Son of Man coming in his kingdom in the next three verses. <clears throat> Chapter 17. And after six days, which is the number for victory in your Bible. Leave me alone. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up. He'll always take you up. Yes. <clears throat> into a high mountain apart. And, and it always take you apart. Yeah. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter, and what was funny is nobody asked him nothing, but <laughs> he answered them anyway. Then answered Peter with nobody talking to him and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. <clears throat> if thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles. One, you know he was a Baptist preacher. Because he interrupted a good service to start a building program. <laughs> Moses, Elijah, Jesus, glory, and, and he opened up his little service by saying, good to be here, okay. And then he whooped out some blueprints. <clears throat> Verse five, while he yet, I mean, if you're willing to interrupt Jesus and the two big bad boys from the OT who show up, you know, from the other world, you're supposed to be passed out somewhere, like, uh, but not Peter. Like, uh, let's start a building program. <clears throat> Verse 5. And you might be talking too much if God interrupts you from heaven. <laughs> While he yet spake. That tickles me. Behold, a you might be talking too much if God rolls the heavens back and sticks his head in. <laughs> hey! 
trying to get something done here. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And that's where the Lord wants to get you to where it's about Jesus only. Why did Christ show his glory to his disciples? Why is the Lord revealing himself at Mountain View in these days? Well, there's four reasons I've got written down here. Number one, the Lord showed these boys his glory uh, so that they could face hell. He knew they were fixing to get, and, and every one of them would die a martyr's death except John, and he was bold in all. And he even told them, underline with me, please, there's two things. He knew they were going to face everything that hell had in their ministry. Do you see in chapter 17, And down here, verse uh, 14 and 15 and 16. And uh, when they came off that mountain, they came to the multitude. See there? That's chapter 17, verse 14. And when they did, they run right into demon-possessed people. Verse 18, Jesus rebuked the devil. Y'all look up here for one minute. When you come off of this mountain, God's going to send you to the multitude. And on the mountain, you're with people that are full of God. But in the multitude, you're dealing with people that are full of devils. And I promise you, if you're facing devils, you need to have seen his glory beforehand. You can handle anything that hell brings if you've already seen a little of what heaven offers. Go to verse 21, back in 1621. Did you underline that word suffering a while ago? He showed them what things they would suffer. And in verse 21, and, and, and circle the word killed also. Suffer. Killed. Come down to verse 24. And, and the word deny. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. For, and verse 25, circle the word lose. We don't like to be losers, do we? Well, God's going to make a loser out of you. Going to have to. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Oh, we got these losers right here. Well, honey, you ever seen a winner running around puffed up and full of, full of pride? God's got to knock all this world out of you. If he's going to put his world in you, he's got to knock all that strutting around in pride out of you. He's willing to hang keys around your neck one minute and call you Satan the next in front of everybody. (laughs) And you see that suffering and denying and losing. And he knew that what he was asking them to do would take them in in this world. It'd bring a lot of suffering, a lot of death, a lot of denying, a lot of killing and a lot of losing. Honey, if you ever go anywhere with God, he's going to have to kill you. You're about the only problem you got. Really? And his best solution is just to kill you and then resurrect Christ in you. I wish I had somebody. Oh, my. And so, because they were going to face hell, he showed them heaven. Can I get a witness? <laughs> oh, my. And I will say this and move on to the second point. That, brother, I believe in my soul. That America's not getting out of here as easy as you think she is. Prophecy in the second coming is not American-centered. It is Israel-centered. Only Mormons and Roman Catholics believe the kingdom of heaven is on earth and is already here. Y'all can try to save America if you want to. God's fixing to burn America. And, and we're going to, and I believe in my soul that these youngins, I believe the revival that God's sending to this church and the revival that I see, the few areas where I see revival happening is for the young people. 
I notice a lot of you older ones seem to be seem to be just just complacent watching. You're watching this. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna mess with you. If you love ten other things besides Jesus, I ain't messing with you. I hate to say what I'm fixed to say, but I ain't too wor- I ain't even too burdened about you. You done made your choice. You got pet sins. You got secret idols. You done got a, you got a ceiling. You you done you done showed God how far you're going, how far you're not. I ain't gonna mess with you. I ain't got much use for you. I don't know what to do with you, and I ain't gonna do nothing with you. But I tell you what, while the Holy Ghost is pouring revival out in this hour, these youngins are soaking it up. And they're going to need it what they're going to face. They're going to need it what they're going to face. Honey, with what they're going to face, and I could go into the 101 things they're fixing to face, but just let me say this. These boys, they got down there to their converts in that Roman Colosseum. Their babies were being dipped in oil and lit on fire and stuck on, stuck up like a street lamp and their wives being unspeakable things in front of them and in that Roman Colosseum. And the Lord, thank God, the Holy Ghost stood with them and he brought them, brought to their memory. I know what you're facing now, but do you remember what you saw back then? Honey, he's got to show you enough of heaven so you can face the hell that's coming your way. And I believe God's sending revival for what this generation is going to face. Number two, he'll show us his glory knowing that we're going to have to face hell. And number two, he'll show us his glory so we can foretaste heaven. Come to chapter 17, verse 1. It takes him up to this high mountain. And he was transfigured before them. Hmm. That little word trans, the prefix. Trans. It means across to the other side. About the only way they use the word trans in this hour is transgender. <laughs> Bruce went to the other side. Now he ain't Bruce no more. I don't even. I don't, I don't know what that was. Help me now. He used to be on the Wheaties box. He obviously quit eating Wheaties and started, <laughs> started eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> you know that's funny right there. I never, that, that came to me just then. That, that, that came to me just then. Yeah. <laughs> Across to the other side. Well, your Bible uses the word a few times and he uses it right here. He's transfigured. The word figure, do your own word study. It means body, form. I'm going to say this. If somebody don't act happy about it, I will throw this flower pot at somebody. Aiming for your head, aiming for your head. Jesus showed them his across to the other side body. For a little while, Brother Maccabee, they got to see a cross to the other side. And that light that shone out of that glory that shone out of them, they saw the light that is going to, the reason we don't need sunlight over there is because they saw that sunlight. The word rapture is not in your Bible. It's a good word, nothing wrong with it. It's the best word that we got in our, like for, for when the Lord carries us away, takes us away, catches us out, spirits us out, snatches us out. Help me right there. You know what word is in there? Translated. Enoch, Hebrews 11.5, the, the raptured boy. Mm. Oh, Enoch, he was not. For God took him. One of these days they're going to look for us and we just ain't. We're going to be our not. We're just going to be not. 
Right? You think the last 80 years there have been all these UFO and alien movies and every other movie and every other sitcom comes out is about an outer space invasion. The devil's been getting this world ready to still re- to remain in unbelief when God snatches us out of here. They're going to say it was an invasion from outer... I guess it will be an invasion from outer space going to be some unidentified flying objects. Mm. I was like, what? Mm. Use it three times. I ain't sure I can quote the verse. Somebody help me. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. For before his translation, he had this testimony to please God. Something about when God translated him. Three translations in the raptured boy's verse. Three times your King James Bible says, come up hither. They're going to be three raptures. One of them's already happened. You can relax. The Bible says, come up hither. And your King James guarantee it don't say it none of them times in them other versions. Hither was probably too much for him. Oh, change it quick. We don't know what to do then. Come up hither. It's in Proverbs 25, Revelation 4, and Revelation 11. I'm about to run. Proverbs 5, right in the middle of the Old Testament, he's got to come up hither. So them Old Testament saints, they done had their rapture. Acts 1, when he was taken up in a bright cloud. What do you think it was? All them Old Testament saints. When he cleaned out paradise and took all them Old Testament boys to glory, somehow paradise got moved from the middle of the earth up into glory, up into the third heaven. He then took them boys with him. Revelation 4 is going to be the next, and that's me and you. That's all the born again, blood washed, saved Gentiles and Jews, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. After these things, look, behold, a door was opened in heaven. I heard a voice like a trumpet talking with me and said, come up hither. And immediately John, who's in love with Jesus, a picture of the church, I was in the spirit, and he was in the throne room, almost ran. And that second one's in Revelation 11, them two witnesses in the middle of the... Happy bubbles, bumping around inside my teeth. Them two Old Testament witnesses going to have their head. Moses and Elijah probably standing there. Fire coming out of their mouth, preaching. Preaching. Mm. And at the three and a half year mark for three and a half days, they're going to lay in the middle of their street in Jerusalem in the street. After three and a half days, three and a half days, heads going to pop back on their shoulders, and everybody that got saved. Listen to them, one hundred forty-four thousand Jews with them boy. They're going to leave on up out of here. They said, "Come up hither for them tribulation saints." Help me right there. Mm. I just kind of like that trans. We're going across to the other side. And he let them see heaven. I did me a word study on that translate. It means to pick up in one land and carry it to another land. It, it means to pick up in one language and carry it over into another world and set it down and speak in another language. Y'all better leave me alone. And if we got any realtors here, if we got any property deal, if we got any people that sell houses, if we got any people that down at the office, you know, sign all them papers, you know what they call that business in there? When the title deed is signed over to another and the property ownership of the land, when landlord, one landlord turns the possession over to another landlord, they call that translate. Yeah, it's in your paperwork. Go look at your mortgage papers when you pay your house off. I'm going to finance my house for 70 years and plan on the Lord coming back. Is that a good idea? That's the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. He'll be back before we have to pay it off. Oh, he wanted them to foretaste heaven. 
Don't you think the Lord's doing around here showing his glory? He's letting some folk taste of heaven. If you're ever going to leave this world, you've got to taste that world. If you're ever going to love that world better than this world, you've got to taste of that world. You've got to taste it. I was 13 when they filled me with the Holy Ghost on a Thursday night in July. Y'all ain't helping me. That's why these boys don't scare me. That's what I was. I was foaming at the mouth, eating wooden pews. Amen. Going to every meeting I could find, drinking in all the preaching, praying. I actually thought in those days, I actually thought that Jesus loved me with all the love there was. And he turned, I actually believed that he heard my prayers. I actually thought it was an amazing thing that he'd go to my hell to take me to his heaven. I just eat up with just crazy stuff like that. God, let me taste of heaven. And I'm glad he did because hell's brought a lot my way since. Staggered me. Blocked me. Confused me. Devastated me. Stopped me for a minute. Help me now. There's enough of self. I, I, start, I mean, I started out on fire for God, but I met an old boy who really gave me a lot of problems. It was me. It was the old man. There's a saved nature in me, but boy, there's another, there's a sin nature in me. We stop right here and help all the church kids who get saved early and get started early. It is confusing when all of your sins, the worst sins you commit is after you've been saved. And for church kids, we commit our worst sins after we know better. We've known better the whole time. And we have a hard time thinking that God will love us. We have no problem thinking God will love that harlot down there who never heard. God will love that old ex-convict with hell's angel tattoos because he don't know. But we wrote up under this thing knowing better the whole time. Knowing better but couldn't do better. I want to say something to all the church kids that ever got saved early, got started early, and then you ran into yourself, and you ran into your sin nature, and you wondered how the Lord could love you, and how he could use you. Pretty, pretty easy answer. I'll tell you how he loved you, same way he loved all them other sinners. And you got to understand that God stood in eternity and looked down in time and he studied your entire life and with one look he looked at you with one look he just studied you at one moment of time and it took all of your sin whether it was pre or after pre or post before or after some of them great men of God in that Bible their worst sins was long after they'd been walking with God Turns out the Lord loves us. Turns out the Lord loves sinners. Turns out he just looked at all of us. Clay, all of us were clay out of the same lump. He didn't look at church kids and say, I can't believe they didn't do no better than that. I'm going to go down to the jail and save a bunch of old sorry ones. I like them better. No, he looked at all of us. We was all sorry. We was all messed up. Honey, when he pulled you up out of that horrible pit, he reached down in there and got you out of that miry clay and we all from the same pit. Why Christ showed them his glory. Number three, so they could find their heroes. Look in verse 3. Behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias. Then answered Peter. All right, so you got circle them. Moses, there's Elijah and Peter. You got the law, the prophets, and the apostles. Help me now. By Moses came the law. Elijah represented the prophets. And Simon Peter in the previous chapter had them keys hung around his neck. 
the Lord got the goofiest one with the big mouth. He said, you'll do. I can sanctify that big mouth and we'll use it for something. And there you got, hey y'all, the law, the prophets, and the apostles. And God showed up and said, now, I got only one down here I want y'all to listen to. And that's my son. Y'all ain't helping me. It's good to have role models. It's good to have mentors. It don't, it don't offend me when you call them heroes. But at the end of the day, Moses was just a man. Elijah, what did James 5 say? Like passions. Quote it for me, it escapes me. James 5, Elijah, he was subject to passions like as we are. Thank you. He was a man of like passions. He was just a man. Matter of fact, let's talk about these boys up here. Look who's up on that glory. You know, you kind of think, okay, there's five men up there on that glory mount. Boy, they must be something. Well, actually, they wasn't. God showed up and said, now, there's only one here. Moses, Elijah, Simon, Peter, and James and John. It's actually a messed up bunch. Moses had a murder problem. He'd get mad and kill you. (laughs) I just hate being around them people. (laughs) Getting killed always ruins your day. Moses had a murder problem. Elijah had a mental problem. Got suicidal, depressed. Help me now. He's over there under a juniper. I don't want to die. Simon Peter had a mouth problem. <laughs> it just always got to love him. I mean, always, everything he said, I just love the guy. I love listening to him. It's very entertaining. Jesus said, all you boys are going to leave me tonight. He always has something to say. Uh, Lord, not me. (laughs) Threw all of his buddies under the bus. I can see these guys forsaking you. That's what he said. Though these do, he probably looked at them. I mean, he was crazy. He probably looked at them. I can see these boys leaving you, Lord. Been smelling it on them anyway. Bunch of quitters, but not me. I am ready. That's the quote. Within 24 hours, a little girl had him backed up, and he was he was cursing. He was denying Christ and cursing. He had a mouth problem, and that's isn't that amazing. That's what the Lord wanted to use out of him was his mouth. Acts two, he was the Pentecost preacher. Did you know that your strength is also your weakness? Did you know that where you're gifted is also where you're goofy? Did you know the very thing that God can use in your life is the very thing Satan's going to try to use? When Satan had a hold of his mouth, he is cursing. When God had a hold of his mouth, he is preaching to the whole city that just killed his Jesus. That meant they could have killed him that day, but he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Help me now. Whatever it is about you that God's made special in you, that's what hell wants to get a hold of. Ain't it something who he let, and James and John, the sons of thunder, they had a mean-spirited problem. You remember over there? And the gospel says, wanting to call fire down on the whole city. <laughs> That's my kind of boys, but that ain't the way to be. <laughs> they like, Lord, they don't like us over in that town. Burn her down. <laughs> I, I probably would have been like, yeah. I'd have been in trouble too. And Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. 
Moses had a murder problem. Did I already go over that here the other day? Need to go over it again. The very man, he put the Ten Commandments in his hand, engraved it stone in his own finger. Thou shalt not kill. Put it in the hands of a man who already had. Some of y'all think God can't forgive you and can't use you. Elijah had that mental problem. Anybody here got any mental problems? Y'all got a lying problem around here. I'm telling on you, I'm telling the pastor tonight, as soon as I get outside, your whole church lied to me tonight, Pastor Griffith. Do you know the psychologist, psychiatrist, that whole enterprise coming out of humanism and Darwinism and Karl Marx? You know what the whole outfit in the last 60 years has got y'all convinced? The reason everybody in America is losing their mind because they're telling you that something's wrong with you if something's wrong with you. <laughs> There's been something wrong with all of us ever since that woman in the garden talked to a snake and she's like, really? God's not being good to me? You know? And then from there on, we all. Help me! The first family was broke up. First woman there ever was was unfaithful. First man there ever was was fearful. Adam, boy, he had some issues. Where was he when the serpent was after the devil came to talk to his wife? And then when God came to talk to his wife, he wouldn't let her. It was like, honey, talk to the devil. I got to be on the other side of the garden. I don't know what he did. <laughs> got an appointment on the other side of the garden. <laughs> Talk to that snake. Smells a little like brimstone, but here, you handle that. I'm going over here. <laughs> and then God comes in the garden and he won't let her talk to God. Said it last night, I'm going to say it again. If there's anything wrong in your home, something wrong with your wife, God's going to ask you, what's wrong with you? Men. I mean, the first marriage, there wasn't even nobody else around Mary. Adam like, Lord, it was her fault. <laughs> If she'd have known Oprah Winfrey, she'd have, I mean, she'd have, she'd have divorced his hide. She didn't know how. She didn't know she could. Wasn't no divorce court yet popped up in the garden. She, if they'd stayed there long enough, she'd have opened up a clinic. And then their boys, one killed the other for getting saved. Y'all quit acting like it's the first time anybody's ever had problems. We've had family problems. We've had mind problems. What about emotional problems? Are you kidding me? Everybody's been crazy since Adam, since Adam and Eve. You glad to hear that? You glad to know that? <laughs> Your spirit's dead. If you're lost, the spirit's your core, then the soul, that's where you live. The spirit's where God lives. The soul's where you live. The spirit's where the new man is. The soul's where the old man is. The old man's still warped and messed up. He don't ever have any good thoughts or good emotions. They've told us that something's wrong with you if something's wrong with you. Have you ever went to that crowd and tried to get some help? They've had like five nervous breakdowns and they're proud of them. That's like what made them qualified to help you. I fell completely apart. And now I'm just strung out on dope. Let me help you. Thank you. I'm in my fourth marriage and on my fifth break, nervous breakdown. Sit down here and let me show you how to get some help. 
They've come in the side doors of the church, the psychiatrists, the psychologists, and here's what they've whispered in our ears. And a bunch of little old last day, unregenerate, unreborn, unborn again, little old hireling sissies out of seminary has become our pastors, and all they are is counselors from hell. They ain't been born again. They think the ministry is a career, not a call. They don't know what to tell you out of that book, so they get over there and sit down to do on and it's canceled. Come on, tell it. That's good. That's true. That's right. I didn't know I could show you what a counselor did, but I just, I did. And you know what they've told us in our ears? They've said, Jesus can help you with your problems, but if you've got any real problems, he ain't going to be able to help you. You've got to come see the professionals and we'll help you. Because religion is just kind of convenient. If you've got any real problems, you've got to see a professional. It's quiet in here. Tell you, if you hit bottom, it's all over. And they'll panic. And we gotta, we got to keep you from hitting bottom. My daddy's crazy. He's an old country preacher. He's crazy. He's got a lot of wisdom. Most of the time. Something always happening to dead. He had a dream here a while back that he was falling, falling. And you know, conventional wisdom, they say, you know, if you ever land in your dream, then you really die, your heart will stop or something. Because everybody always wakes up. You know, bam, they wake up. Oh, I'm glad I woke up or I'd have died. You know, that's what, it's the urban myth. Did I say that right? Is that even a thing? So dead, <laughs> only dead. He landed, never woke up. Only my dad would land. Said he was falling and falling and falling. He weighs anywhere between 320 and 420, given summer or Thanksgiving, you know. And, and he, just, he was he was falling, falling, and then he said, he landed, bam! And he didn't wake up. And he's like, uh, and he like looked around and said, hey, I didn't die. And he was like getting up and happy and talking to people. You know, you can land and not die. And he just, uh, it was... <laughs> And he went right on through two or three more dreams. I mean, he dispelled that urban myth. Is that a myth? Myth. <laughs> and I got news for you. You can hit the bottom and survive. Actually, God usually don't work with anybody until they've hit the bottom. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. This is a poem that just came to my mind. It's an old classic. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't fix him again. But, but Humpty Dumpty just didn't know who to call. Look at there, I was a poet and was not even aware of it. Honey, when Moses threw them Ten Commandments down, they shattered. But he picked up the broken pieces and carried them back up the mountain and God made another again. Let me tell you something, he can't even help you till you get on the bottom. I'm going to say something. The pastor told me to preach the hide off of you. He got on to us and preach. I got to obey the pastor. I'm watching everybody this week. I'm looking because I can't help. I'm trying not to even look at you. But I can't help it. I'm seeing, and, and there's several countenances. I, there's several countenances, continences. The old timers say it's countenances. Some of y'all don't look saved. Just don't. I would not mention that. I've never had a ministry with confusion. I pastored from 21 to 29. One church. We never had a wave of confusion come through. I never had a revival where waves of confusion. 
so I don't do that. So with that said, let me tell y'all, there's several of y'all, and I don't know who you are, just run your countenances. How are you in this? But it looks like this ain't in you. I've seen it on several of the young ones, and I've seen it on several of the older ones. You're in this church, but your countenance is empty. You ain't going to get saved till you get on the bottom. I'm saying it. The only thing your pastor said, he said, I'm worried so many of them are so complacent. That's what he told me. He said, I have a wonderful church. He said, I couldn't put my finger on any one problem. I don't even know of a problem we have worth mentioning. He said, but so many are so complacent. And I'm just thinking maybe several of you is lost. See, your pastor loves you. He's trying to think the best. I just think some of you is lost. You've never been saved. Of all ages. I'm seeing it of all ages in here. You can't just go by me and you're empty. Do you know one of the easiest places to go to hell from is in one of the best churches? The better the church, the more easy it is to ride on the wave of the, of the momentum of that church. And that church carries you. But there's one place that can't carry you. And that's across that eternal line. Now, I couldn't tell you, I, looking at you right now, say, pick out who you're talking about. I don't remember. I just see you counting. It says it goes by, and it's empty. And I don't remember who you are right now. Looking at you, I, I couldn't finger one of you, put a finger on one of you, and say, you're who I was talking about. Cause, but I see you counting. Now, I got news for you. I can't work on your car or your computer. I got no talent for nothing. I'm, I have several occupations where I'm unskilled in. <laughs> but God's called me to do one thing every day of my life, and that's work on the church. And I'm afraid you ain't that you're complacent. might be you're lost. Me and your pastor have been trying to figure out, and we ain't trying too hard, we're not concerned about it, what the Lord's doing here. Just came and said, wonder what the Lord's doing. Well, we've been too nice to you. Taken for granted. I'm seeing some of you with what you got on your countenance, I wouldn't want to take that and face eternity with Well, I'm gonna have to hit the bottom. I got one more point. How y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? How's your children in them doing? <laughs> Sorry, I think that's good. <laughs> the last one and I'll be done. Why did the Lord show them his glory so they could face hell? So they could foretaste heaven. By the way, so they could find their heroes. And it's not Moses, Elijah, it's not Simon, it ain't James and John. Verse 8, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man. Hey! Underline it. They saw no man save Jesus only. Now I'm going to tell you something. You ought to appreciate the people God put in your life, but at the end of the day, there's only one. There's only one. And it's Jesus. There's only one. And it's him. Your song was right. It's just Jesus. The last one is so that they could, why did they show him that glory? So they could fathom him. I use the word fathom on purpose. That's to sound out the depths, sound out and try to measure how far these depths go. Oh, listen, up until this point, they thought he was just a man. Yeah. Is anybody with me? Yeah. Y'all going to let me finish? Yeah. Up to this point, they thought he was only a man. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if these men were going to turn the world upside down, they had to be shown that Jesus was more than just a man. And when they opened that, that God opened him up. They said, well, he's not just a man. There's more here than meets the eye. Oh, my. I've already quoted part of the verse tonight, John 1. I think it's 17. For by Moses came the law, but by Jesus Christ came grace and truth. Truth and grace. And it said over there, and of his fullness, of his fullness, have we all received and grace for grace. Hmm. So his fullness, what's he full of? Well, it's grace. And then there's grace for grace. That means grace in the place of grace. I need a little help. I need a little help. I need a little help right here. We're going to pull this gold off because when he left heaven, he laid aside his deity. It's not easy to leave heaven. I bet I can. He laid aside that throne and that glory. Who being in the form of God, thought it not right of evil to God, but made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. They thought he was just a man, but up there on that mount, boom. They said, whoa. The layers are coming off. And we saw grace, but there's grace in the place of grace. And I want you to know I don't care how far you go with him. There's going to be more there. (laughs) Y'all still with me? I preached him one night. Paul said, that I may know him. And been saved 30-something years. And had already seen him. And that night there was a married couple there. Been married 60 years. They stood up, clapped, they pecked each other on the cheek, which was cute and gross all at the same time. <laughs> Ain't no need to lie about it. Y'all don't know them. I can talk about them. It was the cutest, grossest thing you ever seen. <laughs> it was precious and revolting. It really true. And they kissed. And then on the way out that night, I got so tickled. <laughs> She went out first. She said, I preach, I preach, I said, all I could see was them kissing, but like, yes, ma'am, glory. And then he went out and I said, 60 years, that's wonderful. He said, preacher, and she went to three more steps and he said, I'm still trying to figure her out. <laughs> I said, well, just keep kissing, sir. I said, that was glorious. It's like that. It was all, just keep kissing He said, I'm still trying to figure her out. I want you to know about the Lord. There's grace in the place of grace. There is grace to save you. And there is grace to keep you. God was being, showing you grace before you got saved. And he still had grace for you after you got saved. You kept confessing them sins you keep dealing with and you say, I wonder if he'll forgive me this time. <laughs> I wonder if there's still grace and still mercy there. Yeah, so it is. There's grace for living, grace for dying, grace for storms, grace for trials. And there's still grace. There'll be grace to serve him. There'll be grace to work with sinners. There'll be grace to pray. There'll be grace to weep. And there'll still be grace. Pulled you out of hell, then he puts you in heaven. Still grace. 10,000 years from now, honey, in the eons of glory, there'll still be grace in the ages to come. There'll still be grace. Still be grace. He loves you when you're good, he loves you when you're bad. He loves you when you remember him. He loves you when you forget him. (laughs) 
He dropped them handfuls of purpose out there for Ruth and she kept it coming. And there was enough to get right to where he was. Grace. There's grace for today. There'll be grace for tomorrow. and the communists come and Roman crosses there was grace for there will be grace for them Muslim swords grace there's grace to save you grace to save me and one of these days the last sinner is going to come and like the thief on the cross he's going to say will you save one more did ever a sinner find the Lord wouldn't say <laughs> that's the wrong word but it's a good song no not one no not one was there a gift like the Savior given no for the last trial. 